You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, today and for the next three Sundays, and this is a bit odd in the church here, in fact, the remainder of the Easter season, all of the gospel texts are taken from one place in the Bible, John chapter 16. In, in four weeks, there's a couple of verses at the end of chapter 15, and then it extends into chapter 16. All four weeks, we've come from the same text, but they're not in order. Today, which is called Jubilate, Rejoice Sunday, we are John 16, verse 16 to 23. Next week, we go back and hear the text right before it, John 16, 5 to 15. The next Sunday, we actually jump over it and hear the text, John 16, 23 to 30. And then at the very end, we get the first text, Exalte, the Sunday after the Ascension. We hear John 15, verse 26 to 16, verse 4. Now, I'm not sure why the texts bounce around like this, but we're just going to bounce with them. And trust that there's some wisdom from the church in there. In fact, we're going to try to put them all together a bit and do something that I can't remember ever doing before and having a sermon series. We're going to consider all four texts one week at a time under this, under this general heading, the gifts of Easter. Part one today, the gift of joy, believing joy. Part two, next week, the gift of the Holy Spirit and His instruction. Part three, the gift of prayer. And part four, the gift of a faithful witness. First, though, let's consider the text and get our mind around the context of what's happening. In John chapter 13, Jesus stands up from the supper. This is the last supper on the night in which Jesus was betrayed. It's the eve of the crucifixion, Monday, Thursday. And Jesus stands up from the meal, takes off his outer garment, wraps himself with a towel and proceeds to wash his disciples feet. And when this is finished, John chapter 14, Jesus begins to give his last instructions before his death. Chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17 are all part of this long instruction from Jesus. In chapter 14, Jesus gives the disciples the promise that where He's going, they will come also because He's going to prepare a place for them. And then He promises to send the Holy Spirit, a promise that we'll see also in this chapter 16. In chapter 15, which is perhaps the most famous of this entire section, Jesus compares the church to the vine. I am the, bra- I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. And then at the end of chapter 15, Jesus warns his disciples saying, look, the world hates me. It's also going to hate you. If you belong to me, get ready for trouble. In chapter 16 then, which we'll look in closer detail in the next few weeks, Jesus gives various warnings and promises to instruct and to comfort the disciples and us, the Christians. These really are the last words of Jesus before his death. And then chapter 17, which is composed completely of a prayer. Sometimes it's called the high priestly prayer of Jesus which is a prayer for His disciples and His church. That is, those who would believe through the word and the preaching of the apostles. 
I'd encourage you uh, to work these five chapters, John 15 to 17, into your devotions these next few weeks uh, to have an idea of what's happening. The whole thing, the discourse, is called the Vala Victory uh, Discourse of Jesus, his last words there. But here we are in chapter 16, reading these four, for four weeks, reading these four sections from this chapter in the season of Easter. And it seems a little bit odd that we're reading through the season of Easter these words that Jesus spoke right before his death. It seems like a better fit for these texts would have been Lent when Jesus was getting ready to die. And that Easter would be filled with texts recounting the resurrection of Jesus and his appearances to all his, to all his disciples and followers. But we see very specifically in these texts not only the instructions that Jesus has for his disciples after his death and resurrection, but Jesus unfolding for them and for their comfort the theological significance of, the, of his resurrection. In other words, the results of his resurrection. The thing that's going to happen after he rises from the dead. Jesus is there comforting his disciples with, with promises of gifts that will come from his victorious death and from his rising from the grave. I'm about to die. This is what Jesus is saying. I'm about to die and you guys are going to be sad. That's, after all, what you do when someone you love dies. You're sad. But look, says Jesus, my death is of a different sort. My death is different than every other death you've ever seen or ever heard of. First of all, my death will only last for a little while. And then I'll be out of the grave. Second, my death is the destruction of death itself. And all the things that go with death, that is sin and the devil. So that by, so that by my death, says Jesus, you will have life. Third, when I die and rise, I'll ascend to the right hand of the Father and then I'll send you things like the Holy Spirit and I myself will carry your prayers to God. Now, I know this is hard for you guys to get your head around, Jesus is saying to, your, to his disciples and to us, this is hard for you to get, but my dying is a good thing. Now, the disciples didn't get it. In fact... Uh, so little did they get it that these days for them, as after Jesus died and was laying in the tomb, are some, we, I don't even know how to compare it, but some of the most difficult days that anyone in this world would have faced. And Jesus is addressing those days in our verses, 16 to 23. A little while, says Jesus, and you will see me no more. That little while refers to the hours that Jesus will rest in the tomb. But the disciples didn't know it. In fact, they're not convinced yet that Jesus is about to die, much less be raised. What does he mean a little while, they say? And it makes sense for them to ask that question because nobody talks like about death like this. We'll be dead for a little while. Honey, I'm going to go run some errands. I'll be back in a little while. I've got to go mow the grass. I'll be done in a little while. I'm going to die. I'll be finished in a little while. You just don't talk that way. But Jesus does. Truly, truly, I say to you, you'll weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. Now, again, it's impossible for us to imagine the sorrow of the disciples as they watch their Jesus 
breathe his last breath. All of their life, all of their hopes, all of their dreams were in that moment snatched from them, destroyed, cast to the ground, broken, crushed. And not only was Jesus their hope, he was their friend and their teacher. The disciples had this great and deep love for Jesus as he had this great and deep love for them. And that love, together with the hopelessness of death, were combined together in three incredibly dark days. I think sometimes our celebration of Lent uh, gets a little bit like this, as we consider the suffering of Jesus, the pain of the cross. But, and this is the difference, we know the end of the story. We know what happens three days later. We know about Easter. But they didn't. Jesus is dead. That's it. That's what they know. And now for the disciples, as Jesus said there would be, there is lament and tears and sorrow mixed together with a fear that they're next. That their crucifixion is coming. This is what Jesus is talking about. A little while and you will be sorry. You will lament and weep and cry. But really, and I'd like you to consider this for just a minute, when we think of these three days of sorrow of the disciples, in the big scheme of things, is it really that important? I mean, after all, we know they're going to get over it when Jesus gets over his dying and comes alive again. In the big picture of world history, and of the life of the church, and of the time of trouble that stretches from the Lord's ascension to His second coming that Jesus is addressing in these big in these texts, in in the big scheme of things, are these three days of suffering of the disciples something like thirty six hours that extends from the afternoon on Good Friday to the morning on Easter Sunday, or is this really that big of a deal that Jesus is going to stop everything He's talking about and take the time to help the disciples through the next few days of sadness? Yes. And we should know the answer. Yes. Because Jesus cares even about this. Even about the little things. This, after all, is the Jesus who, when dying for the sins of the entire world and atoning for the universe, looks down from the cross and says to John, take care of mom. <laughs> he cares about this. He cares about these men. He cares about his followers. He cares about you. The next few days are going to be rough, says Jesus to his disciples. But it's only for a little while. And then comes joy. This is the first gift of the resurrection. Joy. And the resurrection joy that Jesus gives is of a different sort. There are a lot of things to be happy about. You see something beautiful in this world. Someone says something nice to you. There's a happiness there. But this joy is different. The resurrection will give to the disciples a joy that's unassailable. A joy that's eternal. No one, says Jesus, will take your joy from you. The disciples will be hold all over the world. They would preach Christ in every corner. And in every corner of the world, they would suffer. They would be rejected. They would be assaulted. They would be attacked. 
They, these disciples would know hunger and they would know cold. They would know poverty and they would know danger. They would all, except for John who's writing here, they would all be killed for their faith, but their joy would not die. The joy of the empty tomb would be with them in every single trouble. The joy of seeing Jesus with His wounds would be beside them every step of the way. The joy that came from knowing without question, without doubt, without wondering that their sins were forgiven, that their devil was defeated, that their way out of death to life was made for them. This kind of joy would cut through the pain and sorrow and temptation and troubles of this life and would abide with them even to eternity. And this joy, dear saints, the joy that comes from the resurrection is also for you. For you did not share in these three dark days of the disciples. But you do share in this, the joy of the resurrection. For Jesus is dead, buried, and risen for you. The victory, His victory over death, is yours. This place that He's preparing, even now that He promises to His disciples, this place is also for you, so that where He is, you will be there also and forever. So that in the midst of every trouble, in the midst of every tribulation, in the midst of every sin, in the midst of every trial, in the midst of every, of every sickness, this joy is for you, from Jesus. An unassailable joy, an eternal joy that comes from the certainty that Christ is risen and He's risen for you. He is alive and He lives for you. So that no matter what, no matter what trouble comes your way, you have Jesus and He has you. And you have joy. When Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection, he kept repeating to them one word. Peace. And that word, dear saints, is for you. It were, that word echoes with joy. Peace, your sins are forgiven. Peace, there's a way for you and all of your loved ones from death to life. Peace, your life is mine and your life is eternal. And this peace, the peace that comes from the resurrection of Jesus, this brings to us now and forever an eternal joy. The gift of the resurrection for you. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, give your, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. 
Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 9.15, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 10.45 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace. Thank you.